Welcome back to yet another episode of the Higher Ground Society podcast. I am Gerald Crook, your host, and we are observing National Poetry Month, which is celebrated in the month of April. And in doing so, uh, I have invited some really amazing poets to share with me about their life, their work, how they developed their craft. And um, we have our second poet uh, with us for um, this series, Jacob Denoi. Hi, Jacob. Hello, hello. Thank you uh, for for joining me. Um, uh, let's Thanks for having me. Yeah, sure. Um, let, so let's just jump into the conversation. Uh, it's, it's a very informal way to introduce someone, but will you please tell our listeners, uh, who, who are you? <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, so my name is Jacob Denoi. I am um, a writer and poet originally from, um, actually originally from Cortland, Alabama. I'm not even sure if you're familiar. You are. Okay. I am actually. So, yeah. Yeah, so it's a town of like 700 people in the middle of nowhere. Um, although I, before I left Alabama, because I currently live in California, mm-hmm. um, I lived in Decatur. So it's still a small town, but it's not 800 people. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I, um, I've just been doing, a, I've been writing and uh, doing poetry since I was very young. And um, I kind of, uh, I did some collections for like uh, in the Decatur area, like at urban Atlas, um, which I'm not sure if you're familiar with that business. It's a great um, local business to support urban Atlas. Mm-hmm. Um, I sold collections there previously and now I am living in Los Angeles and I'm uh, uh, kind of getting ready to now that hopefully um, things are getting back to normal Um I'm kind of getting ready to release my sophomore effort, which is called Summer Stars. Sure. That's great. Yeah. We'll, we'll get more into uh, Summer Stars in it later in the, the episode, but um, I just think it's so great um, that I came across y- uh, you and your work. Um, so far, the majority of the people that I've, in, in, I've interacted with have kind of been from the Birmingham area. And so you actually represent an area that we have not really touched on, uh, both in Higher Ground Society's larger programming, but specifically in this in this podcast. So can you tell us a little bit about, for the folks who might be listening who, who don't know about Cortland and uh, Decatur, can you tell us a little bit more about like what, what it's like there? What Remind me where what county Cortland is in. Okay, so Cortland is in Lawrence County. Um, okay. So uh, Cortland and Decatur, where I'm mainly from, is in what's called the Tennessee Valley. Yeah. Um, it, uh, for a long time, up until the like 1930s, was the poorest area in the entire country. Uh-huh. Um, uh, since then, there have been a lot of improvements, but it's still a relatively, uh, I guess you could say, poverty-stricken area. Um and it's very agricultural, um, very rural, uh, very conservative. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot of good people there. Um, it's kind of, it's basically right halfway in between Nashville and Birmingham, like as a point of reference. Sure. Yeah. And Lawrence County, that's like, that's the northwesternmost county in the state. From that, is that No, that's, so it's going to be, uh, so northwesternmost would be like where florence is so that's lauderdale okay okay but uh lawrence is kind of on the way to get there so it's 
it's not too far away. Gotcha. So, so the L's like I mean tripped up. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool though. Yeah. So now hopefully everyone geographically uh, has an idea of where uh, Jacob is from. Uh, and I'm, I'm digging into that because I like to think that where we are from has an impact on who we become. Right. So yeah. um, particularly that area with it being the Tennessee Valley area. I mean, you have the Tennessee river there and you have the Shoals area not too far away. So um, right. Folks, just kind of keep that in mind as we're talking about uh, Jacob and his work and he shares about his work. Um, so that's why how I kind of interact with you and your work, because I, I remember where you're from and how that might inform form that. Um, so uh, you said you started writing at an earlier age. Can you share like how you began writing? Like, just tell us about that story. Um, writing, I mean, literally from the age of like four or five, I was making up stories like uh, like. Uh, I was really, I think like a lot of people at the time, uh, was super into like Harry Potter and like, uh, like Pokemon and like, you know, things like that. And I wanted to create my own little stories and most of them were, I guess, uh, kind of short stories at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but over the years I kind of took like a, an artistic journey, I guess, from that to, um, I started doing, uh, music. I'm also a musician. I don't really, uh, that's not something I've focused on in a long time, but I am also a musician. Uh-huh. And so I was in a couple of, uh, this is in air quotes for people that are listening bands, um, <laughs> that were local, um, that never, never really went anywhere. But, um, so with that, I'm not a singer, but I was, I would write lyrics. Okay. And so that was kind of my next little thing there. And then I started realizing, okay, well, if I'm not a singer and nobody's going to sing these for me, I guess the next best thing is poetry. And so right around 2013, I started really um, uh, diving into poetry. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, since then, I've released three chat books. Um, okay. one full collection, and then I'm coming up on my second full collection. And of course, these these are all self published, um, but they have done you know fairly well for how uh, small the uh, scope is. I guess I've I've sold everything that I've ever printed, so I've been very very lucky with that. Nice, that's that's great. That's awesome. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's I really love that um, because I mean a lot of a lot of people kind of view poetry maybe with as music or poetry as music without the actual instrumentation all that, all that. so it makes a lot of sense um so right. that's be kind of like your your um beginning um did you have any formal training in either music or or writing i mean did you like take creative writing classes or anything because i'm asking that because one of the the poet i spoke with earlier this month um we talked about how that's you don't have to have all this training to do be a poet. And so I'm just kind of curious, is that kind of the same path that you took or, or, uh, no. Yeah, no, I, I don't have any formal training. I taught myself, uh, guitar and writing. Mm-hmm. Um, um, the, I guess my, uh, my training was <laughs> listening to the radio growing up. Sure. Um, I've just always been very influenced by, um, uh, you know, big artists, uh, like, you know, at the time, like I was really influenced by like uh, disco. Um, and, but also <laughs> like, 
Fleetwood Mac. My mom grew up in the 70s, so it was a very 70s friendly household. Got it. Um, and um, yeah, and I mean, to this day, music is my biggest poetic inspiration. Um, but yeah. Nice. Yeah, well, I can't wait to talk more about the uh, Fleetwood Mac aspect because Fleetwood Mac is it's interesting. Um, I think there was that that viral video not too long ago that came out with the guy on the skateboard and yeah, I know exactly what you mean. People are like, well, "Who is this?" and I was like, "What? Yeah. This, is, this is this is American music." Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's awesome, though. So yeah, thank you for sharing um, sharing that. So you, you shared about you know musical in, influence influences, um, but. Let's talk about maybe some of your poetic influences. Are there any poets that you think have, that have inspired you or any that, that are your favorite? Um, yes. My two, I mean, there are the obvious ones you can't really uh, be a poet and not be influenced by. So there's your, you know, Maya Angelou's, your Robert Frost. Yeah. My two big ones personally are going to be Langston Hughes mm. and um, Allen Ginsberg. So Ooh, nice. Langston Hughes, yeah, I, I, uh, yeah, I'm he, I'm super inspired by his his, his poetry. But um, Langston Hughes, uh, uh, I guess for people that don't know who are listening, it was kind of born out of the Harlem Renaissance. Was one mm-hmm. of the you know forefront writers of that group, and then Allen Ginsberg was more like the Beat Generation, fifties, sixties, seventies, and. Uh, his work is also very important for um, what it taught me about um, censorship. Yes. Because a lot of his works were censored and it, it, you know, it went all the way to the, you know, if not, I don't know if it went to the Supreme court, but I know it for sure went to like federal courts and things like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, because of writers such as him, um, you know, we have a lot more, creative freedom than this, let's say we would have if they had not kind of gone through those uh, struggles before us. Sure, for sure. Yeah. And so, I mean, definitely those two are like super big on my, on my radar as well. I, I have to admit though, I have not read a lot of Ginsburg, but specifically because of his influence on the world of censorship, uh, I think what you're right. referring to is um, the, the case around how, which is, yes. you know, his, um, his poem and uh yeah i mean it's so great now to learn this about you um because you like you said you moved to california and ginsburg is also one someone who you know kind of i don't remember where he's from exactly but he did end up in california um along with all the other beat dicks and um right that's a that's a great you know uh path to follow i think <laughs> because they're such yeah. cool people and they live such incredible lives um and then yeah langston hughes is inc- really credible too um in terms of style and like you know it just feels very refined right and but at the same yeah. time being very personable and very um on a on a human level so um very nice good taste <laughs> thank you thank you, thank you. Uh, yeah so um and learning who you are as, you know, as a poet, um, I'm also interested, one of the reasons we even created this, this podcast was to understand how artists or how wow. people do their work. Um, so what is your <laughs> creative process like? What, are you, what, what would you say is your um, writing regimen? Um, well, and I'm sure you get this answer every time you ask this question, but 
it really depends on. So for example, my first early work in like 2013, 2014, it was incredibly music uh, uh, inspired. And Mm -hmm. so I thought of everything as if um, it were as if I were writing an album. Mm -hmm. So I thought of it as if there were a track list, there were cover art, um, a promotional uh, tour at the time. (laughs) At the time, that was more theoretical. I wasn't going on tour. Um, (laughs) But um, now it's changed. But music is still a very big, important part of it because I almost never write a poem without listening to music. Okay. Um, which I, from my understanding, that's a very different from a lot of poets that I've talked to because hmm. a lot of them need like a clear head, you know, that kind of thing. But I get very inspired by not just the words of other artists, but like even you know, the bass riffs or the, you know, the 808s or cymbal crashes or things like that just really resonate with me. Mm -hmm. And that to me is uh, kind of a core ingredient of how I get there creatively is by listening to music. That's really cool. And I think it is kind of unique um, because, I mean, just in terms of focus, like (laughs) some people need like, pure quiet or, you know, um, or I know I might come at something. I, I don't as much as, as, as this is probably very, um, you know, futile, but like, I don't want to necessarily be influenced by something else as I'm, if, I, if I'm in a creative, sure. you know, um, but it's really cool that you are like the, the, the opposite. And, and it's great to draw inspiration from other folks who have done, you know, great things, obviously, because they're, you know, creating and they put their stuff out there. Um, but I think, so I think to your point though, it's important to recognize the fact that we are inspired by each other, um, especially in the creative world. Um, that's phenomenal. Thank you for uh, sharing that to you. Um, sure. And uh, just a quick, uh, I guess, amendment to that mm-hmm. is, so in my head, I always have a muse. Mm, okay. Um, and for me, listening to the music, I don't always listen to music that is something that I gravitate to normally. Okay. I listen to what I think the muse would listen to. Sure. Wow. Okay. And so to kind of get me in that headspace. So I am, don't get me wrong. Of course I'm influenced by those artists, but um, that's kind of um, how I approach it. Yeah. I mean, that's really cool because it, it, so going back to what you said, whenever you started writing, it was more, you said, I think like fiction, like stories and that kind of thing. Right. Right. So in a way this muse kind of acts as like a, like a character in a world that, and that's really cool. I like that, that approach. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So we've kind of talked about how you have developed, you know, over time. Um, And you remind me, so you did three chat books. Yes. Three chat books and you had one collection that was published. Um, yes. And then you have one coming up, uh, Summer Stars. Can you give us some background on, on this project? Yes, absolutely. So <laughs> just a really quick, my previous work was called Outskirts. Mm-hmm. And it was a little bit ill-fated because it was scheduled to come out uh, like uh, very late February, early March, 2020. Oh, no. So I didn't really get to promote it very much. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, I mean, luckily I did sell it through like, um, 
I guess just like internet sales, but um, I didn't get to kind of talk about it the way I would want to, but mm-hmm. yeah. So summer stars, um, I had gone through a lot of things, um, since like, let's say 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, and because I was in the process of moving, um, well, let me say this. My life was moving very fast after 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a, a, a pretty awful uh, experience where I um, almost uh, died. And um, after that and after recovering from that, um, I knew that I was going to um, move. Mm. I never wanted to be in that position again where there were so many things that I had left to accomplish Mm -hmm. that I would never be able to accomplish. And so as soon as I recovered, I, um, I started the process of, uh, getting ready to move. Mm-hmm. I happened upon while waiting for a, a concert, like in general admission happened upon this lady who was from California. Mm. Long story short, we hit it off and she invited my friends and I out on vacation. And so I didn't think she was being serious. Um, and then a few months later we ended up going and she invited us to her house to stay. Um, and so we stayed there, um, for a couple of days as we were leaving, she said, she pulled, she pulled me aside specifically and said, you know, I noticed you really liked it here. Mm. If you ever need a place to stay while you kind of get your life together, get a job and an apartment and stuff like that, you can stay here as long as you need. Wow. This woman had known me for two and a half days. (laughs) Um, and so, uh, and I promise I'm answering your question. No. Uh, yeah. So basically my life was moving very, very fast. So as soon as I got home, I sold everything that I had that wouldn't fit into my car. And um, a few months later, I drove to California from Alabama. I drove by myself with not very much money. <laughs> um, and then I was here for a few months looking for a job, looking for a job, looking for a job. I found one. I was like, okay, I can slow down now pandemic. (laughs) And so because I had been through so many things emotionally in the last two and a half years, but my life was going so fast, I had not processed any of them. Mm. And so the first few months of the pandemic were very prolific for me in that I was writing about a lot of things that I had um, not processed. Mm -hmm. And then it actually got a little bit uh, deeper than that. So um, I, I was writing about things that had happened, you know, 2018, 2019. Mm -hmm. But then I started, once that was kind of open in my brain, Mm -hmm. I started to go way back to like my childhood, to my parents, to high school, to all different kinds of things. And uh, Summer Stars is kind of a, um, the result of that looking back with um, not necessarily a, nostalgia but kind of looking back at the past accepting it um and taking you know what good from it you can understanding that those things changed you you know but they didn't break you Mm -hmm. um they just kind of you know molded you into who you are now and um and yeah and so that's kind of uh summer stars uh resulted from that process wow that is an incredible story. And I really like, I mean, it sounds like you're just living, right? <laughs> um, taking the, 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 
experiences that life hands you and you are making what you can out of it. And it, and right. I think it has resulted in some pretty great work. It's some, you know, um, thank you. When I read through summer stars, I was really, uh, I, it was, it felt very reminiscent and re- very relatable. And that's what I really liked about it. Um, that's actually why I chose the poem that I <laughs> chose um, for you to share, um, which is Wilderness, um, which is, again, from the Summer Stars collection coming out soon. Um, would you mind, please, reading Wilderness? Of course. And since you chose this, I did make one very slight edit at the end. So it's a surprise. Um, Let me see here. Okay. All right. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. So this is Wilderness from Summer Starts. Remember when we talked about California? I said we'd end up on the coast. If we got out while we could, before we gave up the ghost. But we grew older, and you fell in love with the machine. So I did it for the both of us. I always thought you were the wilderness in me, but I guess you just woke it up. Stirred awake by your arms and legs, I'd never felt so delicate. As the TV flickered on and on, you were years and years. You were no summer crush. We were bankhead brothers, sometimes something other. Remember when we found a joint in the woods and shared it with the best of us? You have a baby now, and I hope you're doing well. I thought about you on the journey and how you weren't with me. I'd lost you somewhere between Nashville and Montgomery, and I wished you the best of luck. I always thought you were the wilderness in me, but I guess you just woke it up. I still think about your bed and the car rides at 3 a.m. Every night and every season. We thought we were chasing fires, but we were the coals kindling under smoke. Maybe I was the wilderness in you, but I guess we'll never know. Nice. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. So <laughs> let's, 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 let's tear this up. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I was, tell me what, tell me where this, where this came from. Um, this is okay. So this is inspired by high school. Um, I had a, I had a best friend who, um, I was very close with and we used to, we were not doing so well mentally, I guess at the time. Hmm. And we were kind of, you know, looking for escapism. We would talk about what we would do in the future. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, once, you know, once, just once we could, we would, you know, get out of here and we would, you know, make something of ourselves and, you know, things like that. And we talked specifically about California quite a lot, actually. Mm-hmm. And so um, I was kind of just reminiscing upon that and how differently our lives ended up being. Mm-hmm. Um, because he kind of went off and started a family. He's still in the town that we grew up in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not, I went to, I, of course, I moved to Los Angeles, but um it was just very interesting to me how um, how that kind of worked out because I and one of the reasons that I moved because and this is uh, kind of very integral to a lot of what I've written, especially this poem, mm-hmm. is since that experience where I 
almost died. Um, I started, I feel like I have to live up to the promises that I made to myself Mm. in those years. Mm. So I feel as if all of those years spent struggling, um, I owed it to myself to make those visions of the future come true. Sure. And so with wilderness, it was kind of me saying, I always thought, cause I was a very reserved person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still am to some degree, but, um, when I was around this other person, I was very, uh, I was full of life and, you know, energy and, you know, things like that. But mm-hmm. and I always thought, Oh, okay, well this is this person, you know, is kind of like the wilderness in me. Mm-hmm. Um, but then over time I started realizing, no, that was, that was always within, within me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, and then with the last two lines that I added like two days ago, yeah. um, I started thinking, and this is of course, without judgment, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with starting a family or staying where you grew up or anything like that, but now I wonder if I woke up that wilderness in him. Sure. Because I'm, I think sometimes people don't give themselves enough credit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think life is too short to not give yourself enough credit for what you bring out, um, you know, in those around you. Mm-hmm. And while not being, you know, arrogant or cocky about it, it's very important to realize you know, what you bring to other people's lives. Um, and that includes in my case, what I call the wilderness, you know, that lust for life, you know, just kind of, you know, going out and making your own way. Um, and, you know, realizing that, you know, it's not necessarily always because of others, you know, that you're doing what you're doing. Uh, sometimes it's just within you. It's within yourself. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's great. Um, and the fact that you amended it a little bit, um, it kind of shows um, how maybe art or, you know, is, is never done. Uh, you know, True. I right. love that. Um, Cause it sounds like you've had a, a revelation. So, well, so when did you write this? If you don't mind me asking. I wrote this early pandemic. So this would have been maybe April or May of 2020. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so like yeah. a year later, you're like still, you know, kind of tearing these wheels over and over and you're still, it's still coming out. I love, I love that um, evolution. Um, I think I really love what you said about life's too short to not give you credit, to not give yourself credit. That's, that's something um, really important, I think, for people to understand because I think we live in a society, a general society, specifically in the South, um, where modesty is kind of a virtue or people, you know, you're taught to be modest and always thinking of other people. Um, Right. But I also think kind of on the other end, uh, there's kind of this movement of self and to certain, to a certain extent, I think it can be toxic, but I think what you said, what you captured um, is something that's very, very positive. Um, So, Thank you. This is this is a great uh, great piece. I like the imagery. Bankhead in this is I'm thinking guessing the Bankhead Wilderness in in your corner. Yes. Yeah, Bankhead National Forest. Yes. Oh, it's a, it's a Sipsy Wilderness, Bankhead National Forest, right? Yes, you're right. 
Okay, cool. It's, it's funny you say Sipsy. It's specifically at Sipsy where that happened. Oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> Very cool. Um, yeah, I think what one of the things that really leapt out to me was the fact that it just reminded me of my youth, if you <laughs> if you will. Right. I have had people like this in my life, and now I'm going to go back and and I've always attributed like those good times to them and having them in my life. And I'm going to have to go back and see if maybe it was a a reciprocal thing or if maybe it was just something of my own creation. Um, this right. is what oh, and yeah. one quick disclaimer: mm-hmm. please do not find. Do not smoke a joint that you find in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what we were thinking, um, but we were young. So don't do that, please. Sure. Yes. Everyone, you've heard it. Um, do not do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, again, I wanted to point out one of my favorite lines. Um, well, now, like... My favorite line that I picked up, you've kind of flipped it on its head. I wanted to talk about, uh, I always thought you were the wilderness's enemy, but I guess you just woke it up. And so, yeah, we can, we can, we already, we already squashed that. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> um, so, yeah, thank you so much uh, for, for sharing uh, wilderness. Um, of course. We can move along to some of the other things I was curious about. Um, specifically, sure. oh, and this actually kind of ties into the poem. and It jumped out to me whenever you were reading it. Um, California this is kind of like a, a theme so you happened to visit California was that the first time whenever this this um, this concert person <laughs> invited you yes so yeah so the first time I'd ever been to California mm-hmm. was April of 2019 actually what is today I was, it was literally just two years ago and um <laughs> So I was here for two days and decided that I was going to spend the rest of my life here. Nice. And so I, yeah. So yeah, I was uh, two years ago and then I moved here to like live in September of 2019. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Well, that was quick, (laughs) quick turnaround. Um, But in the poem, it was, it seems like it was maybe like kind of a a distant, was it just like one of those things? Oh, California's on TV. It's, It's appealing. Let's go to California. Or was it, some kind of pull, it seems like, maybe. Yeah, it was very, like, um, no shade to New York. Um, <laughs> it's too cold. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, look, I, I mean, we both grew up in the South. It is humid, and New York is cold. I knew that I wanted to move to one of the two major cities in the u.s Mm -hmm. and new york is cold the weather in los angeles is perfect almost Mm -hmm. every single day and so i yeah but as far as yeah to answer your question as far as in high school california was oh this place on tv this is Mm -hmm. where oh this is where the celebrities live oh this is where everything is happening Mm -hmm. especially because i went to high school kind of still in that very big um like I feel like celebrity culture was a lot bigger than in a sense, Mm -hmm. like tabloid culture and things like that. And it just seemed like such a, uh, I knew it wasn't a perfect place, but I knew that I wanted to be where in my head, the center of gravity was. Sure. So if you don't mind me asking, how old are you? I'm 26. 26. Okay, cool. Yeah. 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 So just want to get a, a point for that, that, that time frame. Yeah. Right. 
<laughs> um, and I also experienced the same thing. So I grew up on the Gulf Coast. Uh, and so I kind of had a little bit of that, you know, because at least we had a, a beach. Um, and right. in your neck of the woods, you have some incredible forests um, and not as mountainy, but it's an, I, I've been to Sipsy. Uh, camp there's a great time um and yeah. some friends and I were actually recently talking about um how we had this experience of seeing California seeing New York on TV and being wishing that we could go there but then in hindsight as we've grown older we, we see um that we have those places right here in Alabama too so I think that's, that's kind true. of a cool um um revelation there but uh I'm all over the place with this question, but the question I was going with California was, <laughs> um, what in particular, so you had this visit and you were inspired to, but what specifically about California, other than the weather, really pulled you there and really got you to just pack up your stuff and drive across the country? <laughs> so, yeah, to kind of expound upon my story, because I feel like that might explain it a little bit better, is... Um, we were at this concert uh, or in line for a long time because I like to be up front. Mm-hmm. And so the lady behind us, we talked for hours and hours and hours. And, you know, we were like, oh, well, where are you from? And she's like, oh, I'm from L.A.-ish. I'm like, oh, where? Because I have, I have friends that live there, like internet friends, right, from mm-hmm. like Tumblr. I'm a part of the Tumblr generation, yes. unfortunately. <laughs> um, and... um. And she was like, oh, it's it's a little town. I'm sure you've never heard of it before. I'm like, oh, what's it called? And she's like, oh, it's Chino Hills. And I'm like, are you my friends are from Chino? Like, it's literally the town right next to Chino Hills. Okay. And so she was like, oh, that's crazy. And so, um, you know, that happened. And then um, the whole visit happened. I got to see my friend um, that lived there. Mm-hmm. Um, and... It was just very, I remember so clearly we were driving. I don't even remember where we were, but we were driving along and listening to uh, a song called Don't Delete the Kisses by Wolf Alice, which is a really good song. I recommend it. Okay. Um, and I something in my head just said, this is home. Okay. And so, yeah, it just, it just, it just felt right. I knew that I wanted to live in a city, like in a major, major city. Mm-hmm. Um but I wasn't quite sure where until I got here. Mm-hmm. Sure. So one of the things, so what, what are some of the differences or like some of the um, things that, again, like kind of, that's a part of Los Angeles. What's Give me something that you found there that you don't have here in, in Alabama, which I can, I can imagine is a long list, but. <laughs> it's a long list. Um, it's, I know that this is stereotypical, but the first thing that jumps out to my mind is <clears throat> you can just walk into a store and buy weed here, um, <laughs> which is not the case in Alabama. Um, I'm pretty sure you can still go to prison for that in Alabama, which is just insane to me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so there's that. There's, um, um, I mean, it's obviously very politically different. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that did surprise me is I didn't realize how conservative the beach cities are. Mm. Um, in LA and Orange County, mm-hmm. um, but they're just as red as Alabama. But like most of the most of the city is is very much not. Um, traffic is really not as bad as everyone says. I don't think um, it is certainly different from Alabama, but it's not quite as bad as everybody says. Um, 
I'm trying to think. Oh, there's yeah, there's no plastic anywhere. Um, no, but uh, <laughs> culturally, something that I've noticed that is really uh, it's funny to me, but also it's like I think people maybe should work on this a little bit. Is I never realized how sometimes people in California have no idea that anywhere else exists. Oh, yeah, I was just really surprised. Um, how often people from California don't know where things are, like geographically. Oh, um, yeah. Um, like I, I not one time I was like, oh yeah, I'm from Alabama, and they're like, oh, next to like Idaho. <laughs> like it's it's a different level, but they have different things to worry about here, I guess. Um, oh, that's another thing. Um, earthquakes don't really have those in Alabama. Sure. Um, <laughs> We don't have tornadoes here, which is nice. That's a, we get a good break from that. Um, and yeah, I mean, again, there's an exhaustive list, but that's the first thing that kind of comes to my mind. Yeah. So do you, um, see yourself there being, being there for a long time or do you have any aspirations maybe to come back to the state or are you, are you, are you done? Um, cause I'm always curious. I mean, this is, um, one of the reasons why I don't mind, you know, connecting with people who, have, who are not in the state any longer is because I see you kind of as an export from the state. Um, right. The state had a, uh, somehow played a part in who you are. Um, and whenever you go, where you go places, to me, you take that with you. So I'm just kind of curious. Uh, some people return and some people don't. So which, which category might you fall in? I know it's kind of early. <laughs> I would say probably not returning. Um, okay. Don't I don't get me wrong, I love the people there and you know, but um it's for me, and this is just me, I'm not I've been wanting to move since I was like five. <laughs> so I knew I had a very clear picture in my head of who I was as like a five-year-old, and I would not shut up about it until I did it. And so it's probably best for everybody that I stay here. <laughs> so, I, so, I, so I don't have to talk about it anymore. Um but yeah. Yeah, I, I see myself staying here for a long time. I see. Okay, well, we'll see. We'll see. Um, yeah, we'll see. We're still young. I still support you guys, though. Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, cool. Thank you for sharing your experiences. One of the things that I, I – so I follow you on Instagram, and I was um, really curious. It really just stuck out to me, and it makes sense now that you've talked about Ginsburg, which I think – I feel like they were more so in San Francisco and in San Diego – um, but in any case, there's a, you posted a photo, right. of you, I think <laughs> you were like doing maybe a poetry reading or something. Oh, was I wearing like a yellow jacket maybe? Yeah. And it, I, have you seen, um, the film, uh, on the road? Maybe, I don't know. No, I actually haven't. Okay, I really well, should, but I have not seen that. You should totally see it. But I think one of the earlier, so I'm reading Jack Kerouac and you know, the, the, those folks, I don't know that photo was just it just screamed <laughs> um, yeah that that moment um but so like do you do poetry readings that kind of thing often well i guess before pandemic is that something that you do on a regular basis yeah well yes so i that that was my one poetry reading in california <laughs> okay and then the pandemic happened it went really uh, excuse me it went really well um, and people were asking to like buy my book and everything. Nice. Um, but yeah, that was the only, 
I think I was wearing my, uh, I'm going to totally name drop because this is so cool to me that I had this because I grew up so poor. Um, I, that jacket was made by, do you know who Mondo Guerra is? No, I am. I'm... Okay. Well, he was on Project Runaway and he's super inspirational to me. Okay. Um, he's, uh, yeah. So anyway, everybody look up Mondo Guerra, but um, I had him made that, make that jacket for me um, for like a friend's wedding because I just went crazy and I was like, I'm going to spend a lot of money on myself. Um, and now that's going to be kind of like my poetry reading uniform. Nice. Because I think iconography is very important in art. And I think it's very important for me. Poetry is not just about words on a page. Sure. So when I say my biggest influences are um, musical Um, I think iconography, especially like let's say in pop music is incredibly important. And my goal with poetry is to kind of shake up what people think it is. Mm -hmm. Um, my goal. And when I know I'm successful is when people say, Oh, you know what? I'm not super into poetry, but I really like what you're doing. And so, yeah. So things like that, as far as, you know, the iconography, the visuals, the atmosphere that you're bringing to your poetry reading. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a lot more things planned for that. Nice. Um, and yeah, I just want to bring poetry to a level that it maybe has not been before. Sure. Well, I can definitely appreciate that. That's what I think what I think all artists should be doing something. Maybe that's, uh, I'll take that back. Yes. I don't say that. You should, uh, artists shouldn't do anything, I guess, but you should just be, be true to yourself. And if that's, that's what, true. Yeah. That's, there we go. That's part of who you are. I'm very excited about that to see what's going to come of that. Um, that, that sounds very exciting. And it also reminds me too, you're talking about you, your, your, your dress. Another thing that we have in common, um, I think is we own the same Keith Haring t-shirt. <laughs> it's, oh, do we? Um, the one, I think it's uh, the, the, the folks jumping on the American flag one. Yes, I have that. And I also have a teacup. I found a, so I have that shirt and then I also have a, like a tiny little, it's like a two inch deep teacup. Okay. Um, it's almost like a shot glass actually. That's that same <laughs> like American flag golden people running around it. Like um, yeah. thing that I found and I'm obsessed with that, but yes, we do have the same t-shirt. Right. So we share a lot of the same taste, but for folks, so Keith Haring is um, really cool um, abstract pop artist from the 1980s. Um, got really popular in New York City, hung out with folks like Basquiat, <laughs> and, you know, he has work all over the world. I actually was randomly in Berlin heading to the, op- well, I don't, some performance, some classical performance, and there's a Keith Haring uh, sculpture <laughs> on the side of the road, and I freaked out. Um, so that's something... Oh, wow. Yeah, so... Um, that's kind of iconography in a way, you know, um, all the things that he was saying. You know, art, yeah. You know, he also designed um, uh, in Mexico City, one of their, I don't know if it's still running, but he, one of their uh, metro uh, trains, one of their metro um, cars, mm-hmm. ha- it has his painting all over it. Like he painted it. That is. And something. so he's, I think he's done that like all over. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Um, so, folks uh, to look into if you haven't, you know, if you're not making a list from this conversation, you got LinkedIn Hughes, yeah. Alan Ginsberg, Zach Kerouac, Keith Haring. Oh, who's the um, Mondo? 
Oh, Mondo Guerra. Mondo Guerra. I have to go look. Langston look Hughes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, good stuff. Um, so let's move into the the next piece that you chose um, to to share. Um, coming from uh, Summer Stars, would you please share with us Lavender? Of course. Okay, this is uh, Lavender from Summer Stars. Radical and Lavender, you were the magic in the witching hour. The distortion, the snare drums, on the radio late at night, on long drives between disparate points of light. You were the rhythm in the darkness, the reminder that I had everything anyone could ever need. And so I've done it all for you to see. Listen to me. I'll be with you when you're 30, when you're so much more than you could have ever dreamed. We broke the pattern. We stood side by side, and we will be there for the return of Saturn, for the universal ride. Radical and Lavender, you're heaven sent, and my best friend. The reason I'm still here. You're the bravest person I know, and I'll be with you until the end. Yeah, let's get let's get into that. Thank you for for reading. Thank you. Um, tell us the story uh, behind behind the behind this piece. Um, yeah. So again, this is going to be a little bit dark, um, but I think a lot of people, especially in our age group, we've been a little bit more ob- um, honest about mental health and stigma and mm-hmm. you know things like that. And I've certainly struggled with mental illness. Um, I have bipolar disorder. It's something that I deal with. Um, and it's actually something that I share with my cousin. Mm. Um, it's something that we kind of bonded over. Um, and we are kind of, I guess the two, um, the two strange ones in our family. Mm -hmm. Um, we're both, uh, we're both queer. We're both artistic. We're both bipolar. (laughs) We're very, very similar people. Mm -hmm. Um, except I'm a Leo and she's an Aquarius, so we could not be more different. Um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, this piece for me, it was not only kind of a love letter to my cousin in a sense, I know I'm from Alabama. I don't, okay. That's not the, that's not where I'm going <laughs> with that. Um, and, uh, a love letter to my best friend is how I probably should have phrased that. But, um, for me, um, because I'm a little bit older than her, I'm about three years older than her. Okay. I wanted to be clear when I was growing up, when I was, you know, a teenager, I did not think that I was going to be this old ever. Um, I thought that before, you know, I was 25 or something like that, I would probably have ended my life. Wow. Um, and, and I, I can't speak for everyone, but I think a lot of people in our age group have had that experience uh, of mental illness. Um, but this is kind of a little bit tying back to wilderness. This is another reason why I moved um, to California as a promise to myself. Um, I think life is so important. And I think a lot of times people forget how much potential they have. Mm-hmm. And for me, this piece is about saying, Hey, 
look, I am doing this and I'm not just doing this for me. I'm doing this for both of us. I'm showing you, look at what is possible when you choose to live. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, it's just on the one hand, it's acknowledging, you know, how important this person was to me. And then also saying, Hey, look, you're so important to me. You are one of the reasons that I chose to move here to pursue my dreams. Cause I want to show you, you know, win, lose or draw, you have to chase those. Mm-hmm. You don't get another chance. Yeah. As far as we're aware, you don't get another chance. Maybe people are reincarnated, but you don't get another chance. Sure. And so it's very, very important to seek that while you can. Yeah. Wow. I, I love how you, um, I use this phrase cause I'm a old soul, I guess, but, um, <laughs> that's a, I grew up with the church and one of the, the songs that they, they sang was um, uh, give me my flowers while you, while I yet live that thing, which is basically saying right. honor someone um, while they're still around. And I feel like so much of your poetry, a lot of everything, um, a lot of what I read in summer stars is about that. And I can't express how much I appreciate that being part of your art. Um, Thank you. Because it's so important that um, we do that. We do take the time and um, acknowledge the people who have inspired us. And I, I guess it's all over what you do. And that's just that's so beautiful. Um, and from what you just shared, it's kind of like you are returning the favor by trying to inspire other people um, based on what they've given you, in a sense. Because you've gotten a lot of friendship and a lot of um, love, I'm assuming, from this cousin. And Man, this is right. I can <laughs> I can gush over over that piece uh, and what you shared about it. Um, one of the things uh, the the lines that stuck out to me were you were, you were the rhythm in the darkness. Can you share where that came from? Sure. And again, I know I sound like a broken record. Wow. Okay, with the musical references. Okay. So, <laughs> um, I think very musically, sure. and so. Um, when I say you're the rhythm in the darkness, um, it is talking about growing up, especially early on. Uh, it was a really restrictive conservative upbringing, Mm -hmm. um, you know, things like that. And when I would meet my cousin, we didn't quite know, you know, each other were like queer and, you know, things like that, but there was a connection that we made. Mm -hmm. And so we bonded over music that was the first thing that we bonded over and it was like at sleepovers. And so quite literally my cousin was the rhythm in the darkness, hmm. but I mean that in more of a sense of it was kind of a, a beat, like a, almost like a drummer's beat letting you know, okay. Um, you know, we're, we're still moving. It's dark, but I know where we're going because I can hear where we're going. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, for me, instead of being like, oh, you were the, the, you know, you know, you were the, you were the light in the darkness. Me, sound is so important. Music is so important. Um, I wanted to kind of put that metaphor in because that's how I see things. No, that's awesome. I love that. I love that. It is a departure because a lot of people do do lean on that light in the darkness. Um, right. There's nothing that, wrong with that, but that's that's not how I think. 
No, I appreciate that. And that's, a, that's I think it's what's what's important about, you know, everyone's own creative voice is right. everything is unique. And that's a very, uh, I had no, I, I was just curious about the line. I'm glad that I picked it out to, to, for you to share. Um, so thank you on elaborating. Um, one of the other sections was, uh, you said, we broke the pattern. We stood side by side and we will be there for the return of Saturn for the universal ride. And I love the imagery in your work. And that, that, that little section there took me for, it literally took me for a ride <laughs> in a way. So oh, thank you. So um, share more on that with me. Yeah, of course. So this is kind of, so we broke the pattern. We are very different from our family. I don't even know how to explain it literally as it is, is as if like they dropped two little alien children like in the middle of this family <laughs> and we found each other and we're like okay thank god like like realizing that everyone around us was crazy and we weren't crazy mm-hmm. was a big deal <laughs> and so uh we broke the pattern we are not making the same mistakes that our parents um i shouldn't say parents because i i love my mother but not my parents my family made um and uh and so we stood side by side. That's literally, we found each other, you know, the rhythm in the darkness, it goes back to that. We were kind of holding each other up. We were each other's core support. Um, um, and then it's, uh, we will be there for the return of Saturn. Um, that's like an, um, I guess like an astrological term. Okay. Um, and so it's people hit it usually every let's say 29 to 30 years mm-hmm. and it's it's supposedly when you you go through a very big personality shift like your priorities change and things like this mm-hmm. and i wanted it to be clear like hey i'm gonna be with you during your return of saturn okay. you're gonna live to be 30 i'm gonna be you know whatever like i just wanted it to be clear like hey we're gonna go through this crazy ride Mm-hmm. the universal ride that everyone goes through mm-hmm. together because we always have that's brilliant wow thank you well your cousin your best friend is very fortunate um because it is a love letter and i love it it's a it's a it's very very endearing uh actually i i was i said that in my notes but i just said it without <laughs> without um reading that um so I think it, it must be true, <laughs> at least to me. Uh, it's, it's, it's really great work. And uh, thank you so much for delving into both of those and for elaborating on them. Of course, thank um, you. So I think it's kind of apparent just based on some of the things that we've already talked about, but what about Alabama inspires <laughs> your writing? Okay, so don't get me wrong. <laughs> uh, obviously there are things about Alabama that I don't like. However, what I think really redeems it are the people, Mm. um, especially those who I surrounded myself with. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, the most progressive forward thinking, interesting. um, I sound like that lady, I guess now talented, never the same. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) No, but uh, uh, that's good. Good stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, but uh, yeah, are in Alabama. And so while I think the government of Alabama fails people and the systems, the, the old like 
the racial structure. Not that that's just in Alabama, obviously, but it's, it's pretty obvious there. Um, uh, you know, and the religious structure is very oppressive for me. The people were what were most inspirational because I saw all of these people who, um, I saw many people whose futures were kind of because of the oppression that they were living in. Um, it was very, um, their futures were downsized. Sure. Yeah. And I made the decision and I'm not saying that everyone can do this. Don't get me wrong. I did not have money. I moved to California with $500. Um, Hmm. but I made the decision that I would rather risk everything to, you know, accomplish this. Now, I'm not saying that you can't make change in Alabama because I think that's very important. Mm-hmm. Alabama was, you know, and, you know, at the forefront of the civil rights movement. And I think people forget that. People forget that Helen Keller is from Alabama. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, Alabama is, you know, the birthplace of so many, you know, great musicians and artists. And, you know, it, it's a very inspirational place on both sides. There is the conservatism that, you know, you know, the rebellion against conservatism is a huge artistic influence, Mm -hmm. but there's also, like I said, the people of Alabama, the environment, everything is, is very inspirational. Um, and so, yeah, while it's not where I want to personally live, because I just prefer, you know, a bigger city life. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's, it is a very inspirational place. It is. Absolutely. Um, I, th- I think I kind of, I, I, I tend to recycle the same questions because I'm, I'm curious about learning certain things about how people view things. And I think that's something that people come back to very often, this idea about the people being one of the most redeeming things about the state. Um, yeah. And I, I have to agree. I mean, you come across some of the most amazing folks Um in Alabama, just wait. So, where's this concert? Was that in Alabama too, or was that somewhere else? The, the way you met the uh, the California lady. So, oh, the concert. Yeah. So the concert was. So that was actually in Nashville. Um, okay. But don't get me wrong. I've been to plenty of concerts in Birmingham and okay. Huntsville, and you know, even even Decatur, like local shows back in the day. But but yeah, I've been to Birmingham plenty of. Birmingham is a great city. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, they're either either whether people are coming through Alabama or they are just you know um, folks in small towns or people in large towns. Like, are, I mean, it's just a, a great combination of people who really make the state what it is. And so, um, what I'm learning as I do these interviews more and more, it, it, it's a common denominator. And so, I hope somebody's paying attention to this and really yeah. starts to invest in the people because. Uh, they deserve it, right? Like I think that's absolutely, the, yeah. Um, so this is a question, another question that I also ask everybody because I am um, the goal of Higher Ground Society is to work for the betterment of the state, for the people in the state, uh, and so I'm just collecting thoughts on what people are hopeful for about for Alabama. So, what is your hope for Alabama? My hope for the state. Um, I think it is going to be the younger people. I know Mm -hmm. that, um, I mean, even during, uh, you know, this past summer, 
um, during, I guess, it was like the height um, of the, the Black Lives Matter protest, which are not over, by the way. I think people need to be aware of that. Um, cool. But um, during the height of them, seeing people in Decatur, in Moulton, you know, mm. that were, you know, at protests, and I never would have imagined that. Not in, not where I grew up, but, you know, but, um, yeah, it was, I think there's a lot of potential there. Um, people just need to, okay. For me, um, Alabama was not right in that I needed a huge city to live in. That is just what I needed. But for people who are living there, I don't think they understand sometimes, or I don't think most people understand sometimes how big of an influence they can have. Mm -hmm. Um, like for example, um, just an example. I know that he got he didn't get he didn't get reelected, but Doug Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked on his campaign, mm-hmm. and I remember very early on during the primaries before he was even chosen as the Democratic candidate, telling my brother he could win. Mm-hmm. And my brother was like, "No, he can't, because it's Alabama. It's super red. You know, it's never going to happen." And I was like, uh, "I think he could win," and so. Time went on and time went on. I campaigned specifically in Madison County, which was kind of the, basically the reason that he won. And Mm -hmm. so I think when there is enough fight, when there is enough energy, when there is enough hope, you can make these things happen. And Mm -hmm. so I honestly think it's, it's the people that are protesting all the time in Florence. I don't know if you've, uh, if you're aware of that, but um, yeah, it's, I'm very inspired by, you know, what people are doing there. Um, and I'm very happy that it's, it's growing and not shrinking. I think that is the, that's the major thing. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So again, one of the that, that I'm hearing again is the potential. It's something that I also feel very strongly about, about the state is there's so much, to, the people here are again are inspiring because uh, they are seizing upon the potential that they have within them, within the state, within the, within the, uh, the state's uh, natural resources. You know, it's, uh, yeah, so what I'm hearing is that you are, you're hopeful because um, you recognize in the people that there, there is, is potential to capitalize and, and make things happen. Yeah? Right. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. And it's, it's, it's very bold. Um, seeing a lot of the folks who are involved, like you said, I mean, in particular this past year and mentioning the protests, I think, I mean, we expect these kinds of things in Birmingham because it's the biggest, you know, right. quote unquote liberal city in the state. Um, but I was really surprised to see the turn up in Huntsville. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, it's, and again, Huntsville is another you know, soon to be the largest city in the state. Right. So some people are like, oh, you shouldn't be too surprised. But no, but Huntsville is relatively quiet because of its history tied to, you know, the arsenal and the federal government. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, I see what you're saying as well. There's a lot of stuff bub- bubbling, a lot of potential, a lot of, you know, progressive things that are bubbling just beneath the surface. And so yeah. I guess you just have to sit back and watch what happens. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that's brilliant. Well, um, I've thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. Thank you so much for taking the time from for randomly taking a, um, a, a random DM <laughs> on Instagram. Of course. Uh, yeah. 
I really appreciate you taking the time to um, to chat with me. Um, how can people keep up with you moving forward? Um, like, so uh, tell us how we can, you know, follow you and, and tell us more about this, uh, this new book coming out when we can get that. Yeah, of course. Um, the easiest way is going to be through Instagram and it's um, J dot Denoi and that's D E N O A I L L E S uh, J dot Denoi. And it's at Instagram. It's just the easiest way. That's the, that's really the only social media that I even pay attention to. Um, and uh, yeah, with summer stars, don't have an exact release date yet. There's still a couple of final details to be made, but um, I know it's going to be sold in some independent bookstores um, out here in LA, um, Skylight Books, for example. Um, and um, yeah, I'll, I'll get some more information going out on that soon, though. For sure. Thank you um, for sharing that. And <laughs> you spelled out your last name. I've already asked you this, but I, I just, will you like whenever we first started talking, where does your last name come from? It's very unique. It's a French last name. French, okay. Okay. Um, and I, we have to have that conversation all over again because I'm just, it's just so <laughs> intriguing to me. Um, but yeah, so you guys, please follow uh, Denoi, uh on Instagram. And of course, we'll be sharing this out on the on the the episode information um do you have any last things that you want to share or any last words of wisdom or anything um i just want to say number one thank you for having me and um number two i really appreciate what you're doing kind of you know what you were saying where um because you know because my understanding is you did move but you're you're in atlanta is that right yeah, it's correct. Yeah. Okay. So I do appreciate um, the people that are still um, in the area or at least fairly close to the area, you know, really making change and, you know, doing these things. So I really appreciate all that you are doing. Thank you. You're <laughs> for, very welcome. For that. I appreciate that. Um, all right. Well, thank you guys for listening and uh, tune in next month for our next guests. Have a good one. You just listened to the eighth episode of the Higher Ground Society podcast featuring poet Jacob Denoi, who is based in Los Angeles, California, but is originally from Cortland, Alabama. Be sure to follow Jacob on Instagram at j.denoi. That's j.denoailles. There you will see posts featuring Jacob's poetry and the latest updates on Jacob's upcoming poetry collection, Summer Stars. The theme music featured in this episode was produced by Birmingham music woman Jasmine Garfield of Art and Tell Media. The music featured during Jacob's reading of the poem Wilderness is called Good Thoughts by Lobo Loco. The music featured during Jacob's reading of the poem Lavender is Place It from Mixed Kit. Thank you to everyone who contributed to this episode, especially Jacob, for the fantastic conversation. Join us next month as we chat with guests who will help us celebrate Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. Until then, be easy.